When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with the stunningest Sunday of the season. Can anyone make sense of the AFC? Yes, we can. While in the NFC, the Eagles had a bye. So did Dallas. They played the Giants. Is this the best Dak Prescott has ever looked in his entire career? And then start spreading the news. The New York team stink on ice. Rex and I apologize for what you had to sit through twice in the last six days. All that and more. It's a Monday. Let's go. The sun has risen. Danny is ready to go. Rex is ready to go. Teddy Bruschi has made his way in here. RC and company. All the Jets fans, their dauber has decreased over the past Yeah, the weeks. dauber's down. We can be a little louder over there, Brian. Brandon, a little louder. Dauber down. Dauber down, dauber down Danny. Down. No question about it. But you know what is up? The AFC North is the craziest division that we have perhaps ever seen. Let's try and make some sense of it. Let's show you the finish of maybe the best game of the year so far. Joe Burrow wearing his dad's CFL jersey, taking on the great rookie, C.J. Stroud. Fourth quarter, Texans up three in the red zone. Stroud. Yeah, I love the no hesitation drop back. See that the defense is kind of dispersed, walks it in for a touchdown. They're up by 10 as Stroud does the Ohio State celebration, and then Joe Burrow does what? One of the more uncharacteristic plays I've ever seen in Joe Burrow's NFL career in that situation. First down in the red zone, throws it into a, a group of defenders, and then Third down, little bootleg, game's over, no it's not. Cincinnati, Cam Taylor-Britt does a great job of undercutting that crosser. Cincinnati has new life. The rookie finally makes a rookie mistake. Uh, and so now the Bengals would take it in on a Joe Mixon touchdown. Texans go three and out. Here comes Burrow and Tyler Boyd. It's a great catch by Boyd to cross the, the linebacker's face and then run away. Watch number 30 come in at the end. Houston Cameron Carmen, I believe the last name, a huge effort play. Meanwhile, it looked like Cincinnati was going to take the lead right there, but Tyler Boyd can't bring it in. One, one of the more sure-handed slot receivers that the NFL has, just very, again, uncharacteristic in that drop by Boyd. So instead of a late lead, it's tied at 27, and for the second straight week, Pure. here comes Stroud. Pure, just a beautiful job of seeing what the defense can't wait to break that one down, and then these eyes on the switch release slant to Noah to secure that field goal range. Look at him fighting for extra yardage, 22 yards. Uh, and that brings out Matt Amendola as time will tick down to zero. Can they possibly do it? Yes, they can. Oh, my goodness, the Texans won. Stroud had 356 yards passing, two touchdowns, and ran for another. The Texans are without question the pleasant surprise of the NFL season. And Stroud has taken the lead by storm the last two weeks. 800 yards passing, seven total touchdowns. He leads the league in passing yards per game. No rookie since the merger has done that. He's looking to be the first rookie to lead the league in passing yards per game in a season since Davey O'Brien did it in 1939 for the Eagles. It's unfair because pretty much everyone was a rookie then. The league had just started. Okay, Jeez. what is the first thing you said to me this morning about that game? 
Shocked. I did not see that coming. Cincinnati, to me, at this point in the season, I thought was the best team in football. Way the, the way they were playing the last sure. few weeks, I thought they were going to go in there. This was in Cincinnati. Houston went in there. Everything's going right for Cincinnati. I know they didn't have, they didn't have Higgins, but still, it's a team, an offense, and a defense that was playing great football. And for this rookie to go in there with this team, you got to start seeing it. I mean, it's something I didn't see coming. You talk about a stunning day. Mm -hmm. This was stunning to me that I didn't see coming. It's a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. And, Rex, you know what that's like. Yeah, it's impossible. And But it is, it is possible. And here's why. Like, when they don't care who the hell they play. All right? I'm just telling you. Like, they, this, you think this quarterback cares that he's playing against Cincinnati, maybe the best team, the head coach? They don't care. And that was the, the – I recognize that. That was our mentality with the Jets. Really? Oh, really? Oh, we're playing – uh, all right, bring it on. We're, we're getting ready to kick the you-know-what out of them. Right. That's the way this team plays. And here's the thing. I knew this quarterback was the number one kid without question mm -hmm. in the draft. I didn't know he'd be like this. Mm. No he way He threw that in late interception, hell. and he didn't, it didn't phase him. He no, threw that – Lou Anarumo defense, it doesn't matter. Let me throw for 350 on him. No but, rookie's ever but done he's that had, before. He's thrown two picks all season. Yeah. yeah. All right? This is absolutely absurd. And look, oh, by the way, Man. his best receiver never played. So we can talk about T. Higgins not being in there, which is true. Big sure. Nico Collins didn't play. Yeah, they're a leading receiver. Yeah. All right? And so he's playing – he had better players – at receiver at, in college than he does now, and he's carving up this National Football yeah, League. Yeah, last week I said C.J. Stroud in the MVP conversation. I was wrong. He's now the leader. For me, he's the leader. We're he in, in November. He can't no, be. Absolutely. He can't be. Betty. The team's not good enough. We're in right. mid-November. You've got seven and two football teams out there. You've got eight and one football teams out there. I put A.J. Brown in front of him, Dan. Tyreek in Miami, that offense. They're – Okay, listen, he's okay, he's there. He's okay. I see I, I recognize the skill in all of that. Get up in the division first. Can we can, we, can we have the MVP yeah. leading back. his own division and, 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 and first? And don't forget they beat Number Jacksonville. Two beat, beat Jacksonville. So, so once they beat him, they're going the ahead. The context for me matters in this conversation. Number two pick, mid-November. I would say this, Teddy. They're five and four. He's gone. Back-to-back -back games against Todd Bowles and Lou Anarumo and thrown for like 867 touchdowns. He goes on the road and beats yeah. Joe Burrow. That's great. Joe Burrow. That's great. They're, they're five and four. And I'm not okay. only say he's is the MVP it? leader right now for me. I think D'Amico Ryans is the leader for head coach of the year in the NFL. I'm not going to give all awards out just because they go Number in there and win pick. Cincinnati. Beat Cincinnati, watch, okay? If we watch the post-snap decision-making by that young man, it's hard to sit there and think just because he's a rookie or just because they're in second place, he can't be the leader. Third and 14, we get motion. Teddy, you know this. We got this deep out or corner route. Watch the timing of this because this is a difficult outside leverage throw. Right one, Schultz swipes by. Ball comes out as that defender's hitting him. That's post-snap. Okay, first and goal. We saw this touchdown run. See no hesitation. Drops back. Everybody on the defense is kind of committed to coverage. Look, there's no wasted time. There's no where's number two, number three, just that instinctual sense of I have to take off. And then this is the game sealer, essentially. Look how good his eyes are with the switch release slant. Watch 51, the backer. Watch where he starts. Watch where he starts. And look where he just drifts to. Now that ball has to come out yeah. right now. You talk about a guy that has a complete understanding of what's the problem. I'm the problem solver. And this is why I think a month ago I said he's YJB. 
is young Joe Burrow. He went on the road and did to, to Joe Burrow and the Bengals what Joe has done. You want to go offensive rookie of the That's year? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, he's, he's past Puka and all of those guys. Great. All right, let's pump the brakes on the MVP here. Okay, there's another quarterback in Kansas City that's about to surge also. Who knows how Jalen uh, Hurts is going to play for an 8-1 well, team? I'm not saying I hear you, though. I'm saying I hear right you. Now? I hear you. Okay, this is coming off a performance I did not expect. Sure. But I'm not jumping into the MVP pool for this kid right well, now. Well, let's hear yeah. this. Let's yeah. hear this comment. This kid should have been the first guy taken in the mm-hmm. draft. Sure. We, all, we all get that. If you had a draft today, I think he's in the top 10 NFL quarterback or uh, top 10 players in the entire league. And he's a rookie. That's how unbelievable this kid is. And by the way, this team, watch out, Jacksonville. They've already beat you once. This team could very well win the division with a rookie head coach that, and, and a rookie quarterback that nobody, nobody thought would win more than three games. Let, let me ask you, circling it back, because the theme here is the AFC North makes absolutely no sense. You just said you thought the Bengals were the best team. Did that change your mind yesterday? Do you have legitimate questions about them right this minute? We're talking, we're going from, yes, Yes, I do. I still think this division here is possible even to win the, for mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. This North, though, this is a yeah. different beast here. This is go from week to week who's playing the best. And every week, every game means something in terms of playoff seating. I am not concerned about Cincinnati. Yeah. Two reasons. Number one, the Boyd drop. If, if Tyler Boyd Big catches that, that throw, yeah. maybe this is a different end result. They got to go score a touchdown instead of a field goal. He's one of the more sure-handed guys. Then number two... And this is the drop by Boyd. That's actually the the same play that he crosses face and gets the huge ball down to the 10-yard line. We saw two unbelievably uncharacteristic interceptions by Joe Burrow. I I, I would be shocked if we saw any play like that again for the rest of the season from Joe. Thursday night becomes massive. That's exactly right. I'll I'll point out that these AFC North teams square off against each other this week. We have Steelers-Browns on Sunday. We have Bengals-Ravens on Thursday night. Let's show you what happened to the Browns and Ravens yesterday because that is what made all of this so incredibly tight. What a finish! Deshaun and the Browns taking on Lamar and the Ravens. We've got nine minutes to go in the fourth. The Browns are down 14. This game should be over, right? Wrong. Deshaun Watson dropbacks the pass. He wants the easy now throw to Elijah Moore. It's not there. He threatens the defense with his legs. Defender comes up. Easy dump off. So the Ravens' lead is now seven. The one thing they can't do is turn the ball over. Credit the defense. It's quick game. They don't get the hands down as an offense ball goes batted up in the air. We call this a BBB. Bad break, bro. Greg Newsom the third there for a walk-in pick six. From Northwestern, but the extra point is no good. So the Browns still trail. Here comes Deshaun. It feels like the marquee play for Deshaun Watson's Cleveland Brown career. The suddenness, the athleticism, goes to throw. It's not there. Gets him in field goal range. Hey, Rex. Look at this play, Rex. Oh, here it is, Beeper. This is one. You want to see AFC North? Who's the more physical football team? It looks right like there. the Cleveland Look Browns. That. Look at that team. Look at Hudson celebrate. Him and oh, Teller. O-line. Oh. Go ahead, fellas. This was a team that was getting blown out almost the entire afternoon. And then, oh, my God, they won. <laughs> Dustin Hopkins from 40 yards away as time expires. The Ravens should be 10-0 right now. They've no. had the lead going into the fourth quarter of every game this season. They've lost three of them. That's the tied with the Colts for the most such losses, meaning losing a game that you led going into the fourth quarter in the entire league so far this season. Rex, how do you explain it? Well, here's the thing, Greeny. That's why when I look at this, you thought Cincinnati was the best team. I thought Baltimore was the best mm-hmm. team. 
And why? Riding the strength of their defense, right? Number one in the NFL in points allowed. Take a bigger, a, a bigger deep, you know, deep dive in this yes. thing. Fourth quarter, they're 25th in the league in scoring defense. Mm. They don't have the old, like I'm thinking, this, these are the great Raven defenses we're accustomed to seeing. No, they're not. Those defenses, would they bury teams when you get a lead. That's the thing that concerns me about this football team. The, the difference between the Ravens' defense, which is a very good unit, and the elites in the AFC when it comes to late, they don't have a closer. The Ravens defensively do not have a closer. Really good players. Hamilton's great, and, and Matabike is great. They don't – if Kansas City has a closer. Cincinnati has a closer. They, they, those defenses have closers. Even Miami. They don't have a closer on defense, and that's the concerning thing about Baltimore when it comes to that football team in comparison to some of the other it, AFC it, defenses. It's interesting that you bring that up. This team leads the league in sacks, yet and at the end of a game – the biggest team that has a closer is Philadelphia. Why do they have the Philly record closer. they have? Sure. I don't care. They're not even playing good defense. But at the end of the game, they have that mentality. No, and I, and I don't, I don't think you, you say they should be 10-0. No, this is, this is who they are, really. Because even during, during this game, everything the, the Browns had to come back from, even from the missed extra point, 14 down, uh, the, the pick six early on, yeah. with the mental toughness that they showed, it's like the, the Ravens forgot there are no gimmies in the North. Mm. And this North, I mean – you talk about AFC North, and you hear them all talk about their division, the pride within their division. But Baltimore got up, and it's like, yeah, we're good. We got these guys. Sure. They took their foot off the gas, and that's their problem. And that's their problem maybe in the fourth quarter and all of that because they didn't finish this team. And this is everything to me. Look at this play. Where are the Ravens? And what? look at, look at, look at that push. The Browns want to finish. The Ravens don't, and this was everything to me in terms of the game still in. The, it could be a long field goal here. You just give up 10 to 15 yards because you stop playing. Get him down on the ground. I'll say one other thing. For all the talk you guys just did about finishers, there's one name you left out, and it's the one on Cleveland. And candidly, you want to talk about yeah. MVPs of the league right now. I think there's a name on that defense that should be in the conversation. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is an absolute beast game wrecker, and that's what he does. Sure. This defense is absolutely phenomenal. Why? It's this guy. Miles Garrett, and if you don't put two guys on him, you can forget it. Game set, over. He wins every time. He's that good a player. And and I'm just telling you, like, it's crazy. You mentioned MVP. Take this kid off of this team, see how many wins sure. Cleveland has. Yeah. It ain't many. I, I think the, the story of the game in many ways, and Cleveland's perspective is Deshaun Watson's legs. Again, it wasn't consistent. It wasn't clean, but he did make plays with his legs. I'd say it's the most athletic. Like, it's the most athletic Deshaun has looked since he became a Cleveland Brown. And it wasn't sometimes these outrageously splashy plays that we kind of saw in Houston a little bit, but it was needed. It was you though, this timely. Was a, this was an owner game. An owner game in terms of in terms of Jimmy Haslam saying, you show me in this game why I gave up all this money. Yeah. You guys came to me and told me we need to make it guaranteed. We need to bring this guy in. This is a game you show me why. And he made some and timely he did, plays. He you know, did. They, like, they won it. With his yeah. legs. He did. And it, again, it wasn't pretty. And the pass game still is so up and down. But these plays are a big deal. Teddy, you kind of um, pointed out that last scrum push play. Yeah. I think there's two plays that stand out for me. One is an effort play. Watch uh, Wyatt Teller here, okay? This is called looking for action, right? He's, he's not giving Bring up the on the play. Oh. Oh. Now, that's the fumble. If he doesn't go back and do that, 
He's not there to pick up that fumble. Yeah. Game over, Baltimore wins. Second and 19. This is huge. This is a cheating snap. Look, no one on the defense is ready. You guys see that. This is one of those simulated pressures. Second and 19. This is the game-winning drive. Look at the protection that happens because of it. And it's a 17-yard game that gets them to that third and two. So that teller play for me is a perfect example kind of what you're talking about. Is like That is all because of effort. Is Deshaun Watson playing well enough for this team to be the legitimate the question on the, on the screen? Is Deshaun Watson playing well enough, or do you see signs that make you think he will? Again, there was a yeah. moment in time when he was as good as any quarterback in the NFL, with the exception of no one. Yeah. Are you seeing any signs that, could, that suggest he could get back to that? Signs, yes. Not consistently. And is he playing well enough for them to be legit Super Bowl contenders? Not yet. Run but game's got to keep going. Look, yeah. run, run game's, game's got to keep, keep going. going. Things like yeah. that. Remember, like two or three weeks ago, I said Cleveland was my pick in this division. I still, I'll still write it because I believe in Deshaun Watson. He was also brought there because Lamar Jackson was the class of the, of, of the uh, division. Right. right. Lamar Jackson, his win-loss record is incredible. Yeah, you know what he can't do? He can't beat Deshaun Watson. He never beat him in Clemson, and, and, to the, and that's why I take this team. What? I, I'm just telling you, this dude right here, if he plays like Deshaun Watson's capable of playing, with that defense, the way Jim Schwartz has that defense going, why the hell can't they win at all? And then there's one with other this team. division, this conversation can be so different every single week. Well, because that's of these the point. teams, yes. because Let you got the Steelers like are a team that can finish. Oh, okay. Did someone mention the Steelers? They just keep tomlinning along. I keep saying it. Just get it done, coach. He's a verb now. Again, they were up on Green Bay most of the day. We'll just show you the final play. Packers down 23-19. Final chance. All you need is love. Not so much. Demonte Casey with the interception. Get out of bounds, young man, and the game is over. And that's what he does. Oh. So despite only 126 yards passing from Kenny Pickett, the Steelers win again. They are tomlining their way to the most unusual season of all time. Since yards were first tracked in the NFL, which was a while ago, it was 1933, <laughs> Pittsburgh is the 23rd team to be outgained in each of their first nine games of a season. Not only are the only team of that bunch to have a winning record, they're 6-3. and three. Here's my suggestion, Rex. Let's just rename the Coach of the Year Award, the Mike Tomlin Award, and give that to someone else every year. You can't coach a team better than this guy is coaching this team because they stink, and they're 6-3. and three. They stink oh. until the fourth quarter. Oh. And I mean, I'm just they telling don't. you, the guy is... Teddy, their offense is amazing. unwatchable. What we just do? Watch what we play. just do? Talking the about Ravens. the other teams, the Ravens who can't finish in the fourth quarter. Right. You're right. saying they should this be ten and zero. So now, now we got the Steelers that are doing it when it matters most, and yep. you're saying they stink. I can't watch them play offense. I, I can't watch the first three quarters. Can I you watch them it. win? I, I, that's all they do. Steelers fans, you know, it's like, hey, do they do it? What a line! Can you watch them win? How do they do it, guys? How do they? How are they doing? This is how they do it. T.J. Watt. Highsmith, that no one can score points on them right. except Houston hung 30 on them this year. Everyone else is going to struggle to score points on them. They get the game to the fourth quarter, and I, I listen, I could take a dice. I could roll the dice, and I could tell you the five or six plays that their offense is going to run. So I, I'm, I'm aware of that. And I told everybody a month ago this. The kid is clutch. Kenny Pickett may not be good. I don't know, whatever. He's clutch, 
and you, you get him to the fourth corner, and it's like he yeah, makes a run. You talk about finishers. You bring up Highsmith. How about Patrick Peterson? Just always finding a way to do yeah. something. Like, like Dude, I'm get telling his hands you, on the ball. T- you his- guys know this better than me. T.J. Watt, and it, it sounds like stupid oh. and cliche, just his effort, I feel, legitimately keeps them in and wins games. His effort. Yeah, well, I look at it this way. If you can run the football and play defense, you, you they can find win. one run a game. Well, uh, but they I'm find saying, one run a game. This is and they're consistent with. It. They keep running the football, right. right? All right, but ground and pound doesn't work. Oh, really? It wins. It wins, and it shows up win in the fourth quarter. Th- this That's is, why they win. Jalen Warren I, is is breaking. Three, and it's I, mean, easy, I would yes. say they're, yeah. the, they're the worst five and three team in the league before this game. And I said after what was going to happen. They're going to win the game. They are now going to be the worst six and three team. If, can they and go four and four? I don't care what four. it looks like they, statistically. This is, these are oh, the they're going to make it. Left. They're going to make it. Deshaun Watson, who yeah. up and down. They got Joe Burrow twice. Then they got Kyler, Mac Jones, Gardner Minshew, Geno Smith. Well, watch yeah. out for that Mac Jones. They're good. They're Listen, good I'll, <laughs> I'll say this last thing, okay? Yeah, quick. It, it does come back to bite you. Remember the Vikings yes. of last year. Yes. They found a way to win. And if you can't do it those first three quarters – in the end. Shout out Kimberly Martin, her big preseason prediction that every team in this division was going to make the playoffs. They've got a really good chance. We'll take a short timeout. Coming up, the D and Big D stands for Dak. Has he ever played better than he is right now? Danny will answer that. Then, the Giants are not the only disaster in New York. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse for the Jets, it has. I'm sorry you had to sit through that, America. I really am. We're back in a flash. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back on Get Up. Hey, guys, how new is Josh Dobbs to Minnesota, where, by the way, he keeps winning? He needed someone to show him where the locker room was. (laughs) It's a home game. It's a big building. Look at him. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm a rocket scientist, but I don't know where the locker room is. I'm going to go out and win games, even though I don't know who the players are or where the locker room is. Wow. He was available for a sixth-round pick, by the way, to anyone who wanted him. One of the best stories in the NFL. Unbelievable. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Absolutely. Someone's got to ask the Jets, why not? My new favorite player. Rex, get them on the phone. Now, coming up, the Eagles had a bye. So did Dallas. They played the Giants. Is this the best Dak Prescott has ever played in his career? We're talking about it next. 
Bottom of the hour, get up on ESPN, Cowboys, Giants. Dak Prescott's beaten the Giants 11 consecutive times, and he's got C.D. Lamb. I, I really love the way that they've diversified his usage. They get him in that split cut. They give him the reverse and then his speed to the front pylon. Hey, Rex, you've been calling for Brandon Cooks. Oh, imagine that. But this guy right here, just because he's had a thousand yards receiving with about eight different quarterbacks. Hey, guess what we found? Nine catches a buck seventy-three, and then we want to see Dak running it, Danny. Yeah, third and nine. He sees man coverage. Everybody on the defense has his backs turned to him. No hesitation, like C.J. Stroud's walk-in touchdown. Through six quarters, the Cowboys were leading the Giants sixty-eight to nothing. Rex has also been sixty-eight to nothing, Gallup. begging them to throw the ball to Michael Gallup. No, don't. I don't believe that. And, and, and One Brian, out of twenty catches. Brian Dayball team added some sort of meaningless uh, offense at the end. But, Teddy, did you ever give up 640 yards of offense in a game? season? A season? Maybe two? <laughs> a season. 640 <laughs> no. yards of offense for the Cowboys in a game that was 49-17. But don't let that fool you. It wasn't nearly that close. After the game, Jerry Jones said it's the best he's ever seen Dak play. This stretch of football. If you go back to the Monday night game against the Chargers week six, he leads the league with 361 total yards per game. He has 14 total touchdowns, which leads the league in that span. And so we all know how the Dak Prescott fans feel about Danny. You've had your ups and downs with Dakota. Is this the best he's ever played? Yeah, it's the best he's ever played. And I think that it's certainly the best athletically he's looked since the ankle injury. That's the real difference in his game. Outside of, like, Dallas finally throwing the ball to CeeDee Lamb, third and six, three-man rush. There's very little wasted movement or hesitation from Dak. No one's open. Now get to – it's a foot race to the, the sideline. We hadn't seen that in the past couple years. That's great. This is one of his better plays in the past couple years. Look at Takes off, sudden to retrace. He's going to throw this ball off one foot – Fading back from the 39-yard line, mm. and that goes all the way down to the 11-yard line in a completion to C.D. Lamb. Almost 30 yards in the air, and then this is their touchdown. Again, third red zone, what was the issues with this football team? Maybe a little, Finally, the suddenness and the right athleticism yeah. is back. Yeah. Not only when it's needed, when a little bit of his scrambling, I also saw three different occasions when they purposefully moved the pocket for Dak Prescott. So that's the it's, it's the best when it comes to his leg use. Three or since four. His play, what do you think? Three or four plays a game. That's but, all he needs, right? Right. right? That's, that, that's defensively, that just that just makes everything different for us. Teddy, yeah. I'm reading your notes here, and it says, "quote I learned absolutely nothing about the Cowboys <laughs> in this game." Why is that? Yeah. I, I see all the highlights and you see all the great stuff, but then it's it's you're playing a giant team that skews the NFL statistics, really, in what, my mind. What is that? Because mean? it's like, okay, the, the pass rush, the defense, you got all these sacks, the offense, you got all this. Okay, how many times did you play the Giants? <laughs> did you play the Giants? Because they are giving up hand over fist statistics, and everyone that plays them is ready to do that. You have that mentality. You know when the stack game's coming up, we're playing the Giants. They aren't inspired. They're not playing hard. It's just they're just trying to get through the season. It seems like that's what I see when I see the New York Giants. The Cowboys here, when does it really matter, guys? When does it really sure. matter? When the big games come around again, that's what's, what it's going to be. Because I agree with you. What I've seen from Dak, too, recently in the last month, it's like, man, I've been da- a Dak doubter also. But he is those three or four Can plays you that you're that? talking about. Yeah. Against Philly. In the red area, in the fourth quarter, yeah. man. Yeah, Detroit. when it's served up to you yes. on a platter, let's go. That's what I'm well, The funny thing is that like, I've always been a huge Dak supporter, as you guys know. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, I make stuff up. 
Because uh-huh. right? remember when I said Dak needs to use his legs and all that? Like, clearly, I've said it many weeks ago. Yeah. And that's when he'll get back to being the Dak Prescott. Well, we see it in the red zone. How are you going to be better in the red zone? Use your legs. By the way, this Brandon Cooks, I made it up. I made it up. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, let's see the quarterbacks. Let's see. He's had 1,000 yards receiving under Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Finally, Dallas realized he's their second best receiver on their team. And it ain't close. Yeah. And so that I'm encouraged with. Using Dak's legs in the red zone. I've called for it forever. I said I had him over Philly, okay? And I'll never pick him over Philly because he's my old man. Yeah, I don't want him rolling over in his grave. But they've closed the gap. Why? They brought in Stephon Gilmore. They brought in Brandon Cooks. This guy right here is playing phenomenal. I'm not making anything out of the performance for the Dallas Cowboys outside of well, the Well, they, the the they, they played the little Giants. They played the Giants. The little yeah, you're Giants. Right. You're right. The Dak athleticism, the Dak athleticism, the movement, the use of legs, that's the development for me that is different. Yeah. Say it one more time so everyone hears it's, it right. It's the little Giants they're playing. <laughs> this team's not the New York Giants. The New York Giants made the playoffs last year. Yeah. This is the little Giants. And so you're talking about skewed stats. I expected more out of the Little Giants. I saw the movie. <laughs> this team They've stinks. They've been outgained by 250 yards three times yeah, this year. Yeah, they stink. I mean, it's and what you they got good players on defense. 640 yards. Uh, did they have to play him five times? I don't know. It's the craziest <laughs> stuff I've ever seen. All right, craziest Sunday in the NFL season. Let's race through some of the other games. Teddy, the 49ers humiliate Jacksonville in their own building. What did you see from San Francisco? This was a Cindy Lopper game for me. Your true colors are going to come shining through. Okay? <laughs> your true one of, you, one of these teams it was going to be, and it was the San Francisco 49ers. They are back. Can you end a slump after a bye? Both of these teams were coming off a bye. Are you real, Jacksonville? No, you're not. Not this week. The San Francisco 49ers are back to playing great football. Well, did this game tell us more about just how good San Francisco is or how far away from being a league the Jaguars actually are? I think Jacksonville, unfortunately, look, they came into the game the hottest team in the league. They yeah. won five straight. Yep. And it's at home. At home. Alumni game. Everybody's coming back. Like, it's won one game at home. For me, it was just reconfirming the initial thoughts of San Francisco. Trent Williams played. Debo Samuels played. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy. But the biggest takeaway was their defense. Their defense has not looked that way. They were unbelievably physical at the line of scrimmage. Chase Chase Young Young showed up. Chase Young. I mean, that's why you go get a Chase Young. Yeah, makes a big difference. Next game, Seahawks escape with a three-point win over the Commanders. Rex, what do we say about Seattle Uh, today? It's a typical Seahawk win, right? It comes down to the last minute. Geno Smith's got to get you in the end zone. And, and, and win the game, that's what they do. But, man, they can look so ugly at times. Let Washington hang around and then come back and like, oh, hey, we're going to get find a way to win. That's what they did. So good for Seattle. Teddy, when we talk about the NFC big boys, I feel like we never mention the Seahawks, should we? Not yet. I don't think so. I no. mean, I still look at Geno Smith as someone that makes those two to three decisions a game that are game-altering, that are just head-scratching and – that's what I'll always be watching for, for Geno to make the mistake. He didn't do it this time. They're a playoff right, they got it done. No, they feel like a playoff. Make the playoffs. Yeah. It's one, it's no, seven teams make seven the playoffs. Seven teams make the playoffs now. Yeah. I mean, this it's is it's another yeah. to be able to make and that I'm talking run. championship, sure. that upper tier. Here's a team that can. Dan, the Lions, your old team, 41-38 over the Chargers. What did you see from the Detroit Lions? Guts, toughness, grit, everything that matters the most in this game. Fourth and two. We're in field goal range. Should we kick it? Probably because everybody else is saying, Dan Campbell, if you go for it and you don't make it, 
That was a dumb decision. No, you trust your football team. You believe in your identity. We're going to trust our quarterback and our rookie tight end to sit down versus zone coverage, and they go and take the win. They weren't going to go try and do everything to not lose. Go and take the win on the road, and I love that identity. Another affirmation of identity in Detroit. A team that's that's in the Chargers that are also feeling good about themselves. You know, you're going to their place like you're talking about, but, hey, the Lions are saying, we're not the Jets, we're not the Bears. All right, Right. we're coming into your house, and we're going to win. I'm not sure they really have a house. I mean, the the Chargers don't have a house the way everyone else has a house. You're still on the road. Like, you're still on the road. Yeah, you're on the road. I mean, your fans are all there, but you're on the road. Rex, this is your favorite coach, (laughs) Dan Campbell, against, I don't want to say your least favorite coach, and Brandon Staley. He's up there. He's He's up there, Greeny. And, I mean, look. This is a dude that was born on third base, inheriting (laughs) Justin Herbert, a Hall of Fame quarterback, thinks he hit a triple. I'm a genius. You you can't get it done. This quarterback, do we realize how awesome this quarterback is? Do you realize how horrible your defense is, the one that you're in charge of? But at least they didn't blow two coverages in the first three snaps of the game. Which, of course, they did. (laughs) Dad and I were watching it. But here's the thing. Going into it, this team, what do they do? This is great. Let's practice our celebrations on defense. And I'm like, I go to the floor, I'm like, really? Detroit's <laughs> going to celebrate your end zone, which they did. This is a 30th-ranked defense in the National Football League. And it's great because, boy, they were feeling good, you know, playing against horrible football teams. So, to me, this is a, a true look, and I love it. Well, hey, we can get these, these things. We're right where we want to be. Yeah, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's impossible not to win with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Hey, I got two words for you on the Chargers. Jim Harbaugh. Book it next year. Harbaugh coaching the chart. You just watch. We'll take a short break. We're coming up. Here's two more words. What do you know? Zach Wilson. And this one wasn't on him, candidly. The Jets were so bad yesterday that he was like their ninth biggest problem. We'll talk about that. Why Aaron Rodgers would even want to consider coming back to this. And then he watched the game Saturday from the hotel. Where will Jim Harbaugh be this coming Saturday? There's a lot to get to. We're going to give you the very latest because there's so much you need to know. Next. Back on Get Up. So many fascinating games yesterday. We continue to race through them in Germany. Teddy, the world wants to hear from you on a a really brutal day for Bill Belichick and your beloved Patriots. I'd rather not speak on it. If they really want to hear from me, okay. It's, People want to hear. I, it, it hurts to watch. It hurts me to watch being a former Patriot as an analyst here. I'm just watching it continue to deteriorate, especially at the quarterback position when Mac Jones continues to make mistake after mistake, doesn't have the support that he needs, of course, but sometimes your quarterback has to carry you, and that's something that Mac can't. And it's the, what's the sign? What, what kind of sign or message does it say then? We've seen a lot of a lot of quarterbacks struggle, but then in the end they get a drive, and then boom, that's all they really needed, right? And then all of a sudden they win the game. Bill didn't even give him that chance. Mm. Bill had seen enough in saying, "No, get out. I'm gonna put Bailey Zappi in and give him the two-minute drive and see if he can do it because I know you can't do it." That that's, he, he, that's he's what I don't seen know enough how over back. how many years. 
Three, yeah, I mean, this, this is third guy's, year, yeah. He's had two comebacks in his Yeah, because that's career. not a decision you make right there, Rex. No. It's about what you've seen in practice, the past, like you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yes. It's yes. the regression since 2021. That, that is shocking to see at the quarter. And their offensive line is the worst offensive line in the NFL in the last three or four years. Which is hard to say because the Giants are really bad. And the Jets aren't setting the world on fire either. We'll, we'll come back to this. We'll get back to Mac Jones a little right. bit. Danny, I want to talk more about Joshua Dobbs. He's become my favorite player in the league through a quarterback's eyes. How is he doing? this I mean one brilliance you know you got to be able to think you got to be able to throw and that, those to play that position in the league you got to be able to do those things at a really high level and Josh Dobbs is displaying that he is a very quick thinker and he can throw it and the athleticism to kind of build offense around of it around it and also get yourself out of bad is, is really become a, a trait that he has shown this season that he didn't beforehand he's been just terrific he's one of the stories of the NFL season And the New York Jets chose not to go after him when he went for a sixth-round pick. And that brings us to the Jets last night. Once again, Rex and I apologize to America that the Jets were on national standalone television twice in the last six nights and in that time managed to score zero touchdowns. This was a game that wasn't even about the quarterback, Rex. I I thought Zach Wilson didn't play that badly no. How do you explain to the Jet fans what it is we're seeing here? Now, why do I get that one and not the Josh Dobbs? I'd rather have Dan's <laughs> question. But I'd rather have Josh that, Dobbs. Thing, here, here's the deal. Like, Zach Wilson had the horrible interception, absolutely, uh, without question. But this team is god-awful in the red zone. And what that means is it's a size-speed league, all right? Size wins in the red zone, all right? Uh, strength wins in the red zone. They have neither. They have nothing like that. That's not what how this team is built. And, and this kid, he has mobility and things like that, but he doesn't have that strength to take it in like a I don't understand like how it's Prescott not on the quarterback. How is it not on the quarterback? This is 36 consecutive drives without a touchdown. Yeah. And it's not on the quarterback? I mean, of course, he's part of the problem. I just thought last night he wasn't the worst thing on the field. They had so many crippling penalties in that game. Second week in a row. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. Devastating. Rodgers goes down. It's like I said, we'll see if Hackett can coach. Has this guy gotten better under his watch? Still waiting for a touchdown to to try to. Well, I got some stats here. Like, this team to me. Like, it was built for Aaron Rodgers, right? No motion or whatever, because oh, the motion everything. stuff, Rex. They're 30th in the league in, in uses of motion. Yeah, but it's 1996. Yeah, well, and exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing. When they actually use motion, they're 14th ranked in the league. Without it, they're 30th. And to me, it's like, where's the creativity? Where's all this stuff? And you got a young quarterback. You would think that using shifts and motions would help this guy figure out what the coverage and things like that is. Great advantage. We're not doing anything to help this young quarterback, and it, and it bothers me. Now, look, I mean, Rodgers said last night what I've been telling you for months, even though I've been mocked for it. He believes he can play in mid-December. Unfortunately, the truth is this. Why would he? This is not a team that is going to be in the playoff race in mid-December. Meanwhile, the biggest story in sports by far right now continues to be this. We don't usually do much college on these Mondays, but this must be commented on. Michigan beating Penn State on Saturday. You saw it without Jim Harbaugh suspended from coaching games for the rest of the regular season by the Big Ten. The courts will decide at some point this week how or when that will change. 
So I wanted to get Heather and Paul in here from some information, and then I've got Danny with me, and everyone will get in on this conversation as the morning goes on. But give me Heather and Paul first. Uh, let's get the information, and no one has done that better for us than Heather Dinich has. Where do we stand as of right now? They've got Maryland this week and then the monster game with Ohio State. What do we know about Harbaugh's status going forward? Greeny, that will be determined on Friday. They hope there's a hearing at 9 a.m., but as I sit here right this second, officials from Michigan or the Big Ten aren't clear on exactly when this ruling would happen. A Michigan spokesperson confirmed to me that this week, travel and practice schedule all remains the same. Jim Harbaugh is expected to address the media at noon today in his regularly scheduled weekly press conference. Uh, a, an attorney told my colleague Dan Murphy this morning that the judge doesn't have to rule in the courtroom on Friday morning. So again, it's unclear when the actual decision would come down. Um, Michigan's athletic director, Ward Manuel, is with the college football playoff selection committee this week. He's there in Grapevine, Texas, participating in that. And as far as that goes, Greeny, the last call I made on Friday night after all this went down was to CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock and asked him, now that the allegations have turned to a violation, has the CFP's stance on Michigan changed? And his answer is no. They'll continue to be judged based on what they see on the field. All right. And so then, Paul, we can talk about how this was handled. You and I talked about it all of last week. Tony Petiti had a decision to make. He made it. They did it the way they did it. What was your reaction to how it was handled? I think it was handled quite well, Greening. Tony Petiti really didn't have any choice. For him to defer and wait for the NCAA to get to this two or three years from now would not have dealt with the issue at hand. And the issue at hand according to many is, you know, is this proper to, is this, is this Michigan program legitimate with, without penalty? And quite frankly, Petiti realized and, and decided that Jim Harbaugh and this university, particularly the university he kept emphasizing, has violated the bylaws of the Big Ten. And he came down on it. And, you know, he, he knew very well what would happen next. He knew the injunction was coming, but I, I, but I applaud him. I think he showed real leadership, something that that I think people around college football and in college athletics should admire. Tony Petiti is a man who stood up against a mob. We will have Teddy and Rex comment on this a little bit later in the show, but I did want to get you do so much of the college for us. Just what, what is your reaction to where that whole thing stands right now and Michigan's win on Saturday? Michigan's win on Saturday was wildly impressive, 30-something-plus straight runs. I thought the ruling, the penalty, and the timing is weak. And I don't know Mr. Petiti as a commissioner, but he, here's my issue with all of this. I'm going to read you from their ruling. This is from the Big Ten. We impose this disciplinary action even though the conference has not yet received any information indicating that the head football coach Harbaugh was aware of the impermissible nature of sign stealing. That for me, whether you believe that to be true or not, when you say that and then penalize the coach you're penalizing the kids. Either have the courage to say, we know, and we know he knew, and this is the penalty, or if you say, you can't prove that he knew, then how are we, the, on the plane ride to the biggest game of the year to suspend the coach? That's weak. So, so we can debate that, uh, the, the timing and how it was handled. 
like crazy. There was one other monster story in college football yesterday. Jimbo Fisher is now getting paid 70-something million dollars not to coach Texas A&M going forward. What do you make? Heather, what can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that their, their athletic department is going to pay for it, along with the fundraising arm of the Aggies. This is an unprecedented amount of money that a coach will be paid to go away. And some of the names that my colleagues are hearing as possibilities are Oregon's Dan Lanning, um, Washington's Kalen DeBoer, and I, it's going to be one of the biggest jobs that's going to be open this season, but it's just the beginning of a, of a coaching carousel, and Phil Knight is probably going to have to pony up to keep Dan Lanning because he's going to be a great choice for this one. Paul, you are the SEC. What do you think of it? Well, what's, what's interesting, Greeny, is that a $77 million buyout almost seems routine and normal in today's college football world. This is not as shocking as I think many people thought. I applaud Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M athletic director, for saying, you know what, it may cost us that much money, but we have to make a move. This program was digressing. Jimbo Fisher turned out to be a, a very unsuccessful coach. He was a failure at Texas A&M. That's why he is unemployed today. Wealthy, but unemployed. I got 10 seconds for both of you. Uh, Paul, who should the coach be? Who should they hire? Well, I think Lanning is, a t is probably the best choice, but he's got a tremendous buyout at Oregon, too. Uh, you're going to hear every name in, in the book, including Deion Sanders, so we'll come back to that one later. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they called Deion, and I would not be surprised that they called Urban Meyer. Now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a short break. We're coming back. Paul, Paul is nonplussed. Uh, coming up, it was the stunningest Sunday of the season. Can anyone make sense of the AFC? Yes, we can. And we will. Next. Look at Paul. He can't take it. Yeah. 